Rivers of Living Water on TalkZone.com. Rivers of Living Water is here to turn our thirsty world into a Garden of Eden, freely pouring out the Word of God to our desolate world. Now, here's your host, Howard Eugene Wright. Good morning, everyone. It's so glad to be a part of you again, and thanks for joining our program. And what we're going to be talking about today is repenting of the church. Before anything else can be really straightened out, we have to have the church to be repenting, to turn away from its sins so that we can be able to help others get away from theirs. But if the church is all wrapped up in the same sins that the world is wrapped up in, then how do we expect to help anyone else? So today we want to talk about this, and and I think uh, what we're going to do is a little different. I th- We're going to have prayer before we start our main program today. So uh, let's have prayer. Father, we know that we need help, and I'm praying today that as we have this program that Our hearts will be touched, and if we're in the church, then help us to be like you want us to be. And if we're not in the church, it's probably the reason that we as a church need to really get straightened out with you. We ask this in Jesus' name. You know, there's only one gospel. And it seems like every church that you go to, there's something else being preached that doesn't line up to the scriptures. And and the real gospel is the one that lines up to the word of God. And this started a long time ago. One person didn't exactly like the way the preacher was preaching, so he went off and started his own church. Or maybe it was she that went off and started her own church. And it just went escalating on and on until today we have, the Lord only knows how many different denominations. All of them have a little bit of flavor different than the rest of them. And so when... People that really want to know God look at the churches, and we have ten churches in our community, and I tried uh, to get the churches to get together for prayer and for studying the Bible together, and uh, I ended up with two pastors out of the ten, and one of those is, is my pastor, so I only ended up with one other pastor to join with us every second Sunday of the month. So you get the idea that everyone thinks that they're right and all the rest of us are wrong. And uh, the only way that we can correct this problem, and it is a problem, I think that the denominations is probably one of the greatest curses that's on the church today, is that everyone does that which is right in their own eyes and so we're no different than the rest of the world. And so how do we expect to help anyone else when we're the same as they are? And 
So we're going to go to the Bible today. Because that's the only way that we're going to get out of this mess that we're in. And if you don't think we're in a mess, then you're probably in one of the biggest ones. Because that is really a big part of our problem. And so I'm going to go to Galatians to start with. And when you see me looking down, that that doesn't mean that I'm embarrassed. It's just that I'm looking down at my Bible, which is in my lap. And I've told some of you that before. And so Paul is talking to the Galatians, and he's saying, I marvel that you are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ and to another gospel, which is not another. But there are some among you that trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Christ. And how much do we see that today? Then he goes on and he says, But there, but though we are an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto, unto you, let him be accursed. As we have said before, so say I, now again, if any man or woman, because this is a generic term for the human race, preach any other gospel unto you than that you have received, let him be accursed. When the Lord puts something twice in the Bible, we better look at it because it's very important. And this thing of making up our own religion as we go seems to be the fad of the day. But there is only one Lord Jesus Christ. There's only one gospel. There's only one way to get to God through the Lord Jesus Christ. So he says that who persuaded you to do this? I want you to get yourself a piece of paper. I won't be able to go through all these scriptures I have, but I want you to look at them later. So... It's the one I'm reading now is Galatians 1, 6 through 24. And then we'll have Galatians 3, 1 and 2, and Galatians 6, 7 and 8 for the first part of our program today. But he, he goes on to say, I didn't get this gospel from someone else. I got it from the Lord himself. And you'll find this in these scriptures. And when we get our gospel from anyone except the Lord Jesus, if we're out there preaching what a denomination has told us to preach and has taught us to preach, rather than preaching from the Word of God what God has showed us, if we have called ourselves or someone else has called us and we have not been called by the Lord, to preach his gospel. And the Lord told us to go into all, all the, all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And so it's important that the gospel be preached. If we preach anything else, then we're a part of the problem. Now I know I'm getting pretty, uh, close to some of us and maybe a good part of us, but I think we need to because we need to repent of some of these things. 
fact, we need to repent if we're not preaching the gospel today. And there's a lot that aren't. You know, the sad thing is, is when we have a tragedy in our own country and people run off to the church like they did in 9-11, and when they get in there, what do they find? It's a sad day indeed. They ought to be able to find some comfort and help rather than hearing something about the same thing they hear about on the evening news or whatever. Part of our trouble is we think that we need to be relevant to the world so the world will hear us. And the truth of the matter is the church needs to be the most irrelevant of all of them. Now, this is going to really surprise you, and you may be tempted to turn off, but let me tell you what I mean today. Before you turn me off, there, the church has been so much like the world in trying to be relevant and trying to connect. And that's one of our terms. We need to connect, huh? Well, what are we connecting to? We're connecting to people who need Jesus. And if all we're doing is, is uh, acting like them and putting on a little program and and entertaining them and things like this, how do we expect to help people to get out of the mud when we're wallowing around in it ourselves? How do we expect to get people from drowning in their sins and their wickedness if we're doing the same? The Bible has a lot to say about this. But, you know, when we think that we need to be so relevant that we forget about the blood of Jesus and we don't want the blood in our songs anymore and we don't want to be too militant because that might offend someone and we don't want to talk about the sins of the day because we might get in trouble we might end up in jail or something like that and on and on we go and we become such a mess that how do we expect to really help anyone the world is not we're not supposed to be relevant to the world we're supposed to be different And we'll find that out as we go along. But if we take any other gospel rather than the gospel that the Lord wants us to have, then what we have done, we have watered down the gospel. There's no way of making the gospel look better than what it is. Paul said that he wasn't ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it's the power of God to salvation to everyone that believes. But how many of us today are so ashamed of the gospel that we hide it under a bushel? It's time for us. It's past time for the church to be the church that it needs to be. Our world is in a deplorable mess today. And if you don't believe that, then you're blind. And it's time for us as God's people, as God's messengers, to get out there and do something that's going to help people. And the first thing we can do is straighten up our own act, get ourselves straightened out ourselves. If we think we can help someone else before we get straightened out ourselves, we're nothing but a hypocrite. And, you know, that's no excuse for people. People say, well, I'm not going to go to church because there's so many hypocrites there. Yeah, there could be, and I don't doubt that a bit. But I wouldn't let a hypocrite stop me. If we let a hypocrite get between 
us and the Lord and between finding God and the hypocrites closer to God than we are. Doesn't that make a little sense if we're letting that one stand between us? But that he says here another gospel, and actually there's no other gospel. The Lord's the only one that can really help us in any way. If there had been any other way than the way that God has made it, do you think that he would let Jesus come and suffer the most gruesome death that anyone could suffer for you and for me, even when we were enemies of the cross, when we were enemies of God, when we couldn't do anything ourselves, we were so wrapped up in sin in our own selves, we couldn't really help ourselves. And God sent his son into this world nearly 2,000 years ago to get things straightened out for us. Think about it. We're at our first break. And this is Howard Eugene Wright. I'm hosting Rivers of Living Water on TalkZone.com. Now, more Rivers of Living Water on TalkZone.com with your host, Howard Wright. Thank you for staying with us. I trust that the first part of the program didn't scare you away and that you do really want the best that God has for you and and you're willing to listen to God rather than listen to people that are around you or think that that is the best uh, way to go. Paul also said in in Galatians uh, 3, 1 and 2, he said, Who bewitched you that you should turn away from the true gospel to this other gospel? And, you know, something bewitched us. Something got us to thinking that, oh, I need to get relevant. And I need to quit uh, offending people around me. Well, I'll guarantee you that the gospel is very offensive to people who want to go every way except God's way and have a hatred and a bitterness in their heart toward God. So uh, we shouldn't even worry about that. Think about all the people today that are facing persecution in other parts of the world, and sad to say some right here in America, right here in the United States. And do you think they're doing that because they're being relevant, because they're... uh, paying attention to everything the world, the flesh, and the devil throws their way, I'll guarantee you they're not. But people have been bewitched. It looks good. It smells good sometimes, and most of the time it doesn't, to me at least. But the Bible is very clear in in Galatians 6, 6 7, and 8. It says, Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that shall he also reap. And he that sows to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. He that sows to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap everlasting life. So uh, we get what we sow. We get what we put out, what we give to other people. 
and what we've given to other people hadn't been all that great. We thought it was. You know, uh, there is a way that seems right to man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Another Bible verse. And But if we take the gospel, and I'm getting ready to tell you what the gospel is, and, and uh, I think maybe you're beginning to find out already, but if we take anything rather than the gospel, or if we mix something else in with the gospel, and we hand that to people, what are we putting on our plates to hand to people that come for a feast on a Sunday morning? Are we putting the right kind of stuff in, on that plate? What are we giving as, as a package? How are we packaging the gospel of Christ today? Have we got, are we doing it through deception? Or are we doing it through the truth? Anything that's uh, through deception is not going to be from the Lord. And, you know, I've, I heard this example that we need to put the right kind of bait on the, fa- on the hook in order to hook people. You know, Jesus told Peter that he would make him a fish, and Peter was a fisherman of fish. And uh, there's a lot of stuff that I see today that's pretty fishy, really. And so we need to just uh, get down to doing things the way God wants us to do, because if we do anything else, if we put anything else rather than the Word of God and the, the Lord Jesus and letting the Holy Spirit guide us and, and letting Him uh, show us the way to go and things like this and put our hands in His, then what we're doing, we're committing, we're doing an idol. We idol the ideas of people more than we idol the blessings of God upon us. And we, it's a pretty cheap substitute. Not only that, we're committing, we're committing spiritual adultery. If we tried to put any other gospel except the gospel of the Lord Jesus, then we're committing spiritual adultery. And this is really a serious thing indeed. We're also cheapening, cheapening the gospel of Christ. We're, we're telling people, um, we don't think the gospel can really do anything for you. And so we want to kind of dress it up a little bit. And the trouble is we put it in some pretty dirty clothes. And so not only we, we don't have any faith in the gospel to transform people's lives, even though we see people's lives being transformed by the power of the gospel, we think we have to put something else with it in order to make it taste good. Well, we're not here to spice up the gospel. There's no way to do that. And then we cheapen the power of God. We we say that uh, God needs a little help. He he can't take this uh, gospel that to a people that it's not a, it is relevant to but it's not relevant in the way that we think. Everyone has uh, on their heart a desire to know God. Unless they have seared their conscience, everyone knows what is right and wrong, and they feel pretty bad when they do the wrong thing. But uh, that's the relevant part of the gospel, that it takes care of the spiritual needs of people. And in taking care of the spiritual needs, it takes care of our relationship with others as well. 
And that's really what we need. We need a message of Christ that can get into the hearts and lives of people and transform them. Not just make them better, but make make them better on the outside, I mean, but make them better on the inside. And when the inside is taken care of, the outside will take care of itself. We have too long tried to dress up the message of Christ to look as as appetizing as the world wants it, and yet the world is eating trash and, and slop from the pig pen. And we need, as Christians, to get out of the pig pen and get into God's God's field, follow the shepherd, and let the shepherd lead us in the way that he wants us to go, because God is a great shepherd. And then another thing is we deny the Bible. We we look at the Bible and we, we say, yeah, that's all right, but that's not good for our generation. we got to dress it up so that people can understand it today. It isn't so much that people don't understand. It's that a lot of times people don't want to understand. Now, the Bible is very clear in this. If you think I'm just making this up or if it's something that I'd, uh, like that, I want you to read. I want to read some scriptures to you. It says uh, right here in Second Second Corinthians, chapter six, starting at verse fourteen, and the scripture for this part is Second uh, Corinthians six fourteen to seven one. It says, Be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion has light with darkness? And what concord has Christ with Belial? Or what part has he that believes with an idol? And what agreement has the temple of God with idols? What believe he that believes with an infidel? Okay, and and then uh, you are the temple of the living God, as God has said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Wherefore, come out from among them and and be separate, says the Lord, and touch not the unclean, and I will receive you. And will be a father unto you, and you shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. God expects us to be a separate people, a called out people, a little flock perhaps, but he has called us out of our darkness, and has brought us into his marvelous light. He's called us out and underneath the control of the devil and all of his wicked cohorts into under his mighty hand. We're supposed to be following God, be following the shadow of the Lord. That's pretty close. And we're supposed to be working for him and loving him. And so we are a separate people. That doesn't mean we stick our nose up at everyone and say, I'm glad that I got saved and I'm sorry about you. Quite the contrary. 
when we are separated, then we become an ambassador for Christ. We become a minister of reconciliation, and our heart goes out to people that are lost, to people that are hungry, to people that are are lacking of of anything. It's our desire to give people the very best we can and help them to get the best they can. Some of the greatest works that have been done have been done through the Christian church, when the church was not just trying to please everyone, but was trying to please God. We see a lot of hospitals and all kinds of things that have come as a result of the true church being the church. You know, the time has come for us to repent of this stuff that we have called uh, Christianity and get down to the real, as they would say, nitty-gritty, and really to let go and let God have his way. And the gospel will become clearer as we talk today, because you are beginning to see a little bit of the effect of it. And you can know Christ in a wonderful way. We're ready for our second break. And so this is Howard Eugene Wright hosting Rivers of Living Water at TalkZone.com. Welcome back to Rivers of Living Water on TalkZone.com. Here's your host, Howard Eugene Wright. Thank you for staying with us. It's, it uh, is something very important today that we need to be thinking about, and it, we've been needing to think about this for a long time. You've been listening to some of my books being advertised, and so I want you to know that the way you're going to get to those, because I have changed the name of my website, is international lighthouse ministries.com if you type that in international hyphen lighthouse hyphen ministries.com you'll get to my web page that the name has been changed so we've been talking about that we need to get to the real gospel and we need to uh, quit trying to water down the gospel or uh, making something else uh, another gospel. And so what is the gospel? Now, this is where it becomes very simple. The Bible tells us that a fool doesn't even have to err therein. I think about 99.99% of you are a little higher than that. You're, you're definitely not fools even though maybe you've been fooling around with the wrong thing, that doesn't make you a fool. It might be that you've just been deceived into thinking that you have to dress up the gospel in order for it to be relevant for this day and age. And like I've already told you, the message of Christ is relevant in a different way than what we think it is. It's relevant, all right. It's relevant not only for us in America, but it's relevant for everyone because everyone has the same sins. Everyone needs to be saved from the same sins. 
and everyone needs the Savior in order to help them to get through life and and to get through it victoriously and and so on and so forth. But that is not the relevant that most of us think of today. We we don't want to offend people. We don't want to make people think that we're different. Well, we are different, so we might as well get over it and get with it because. We are different, but it's important that we are different, and it's a good thing that we are. And like I've told you uh, concerning that, but what is the gospel? Paul is very specific here, and it's in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, which is referred to as the resurrection chapter. And so it's 15, and starting at verse Number one, and uh, it goes down to 11, so that'll be the scripture that you want to write down, because I won't be able to read the whole thing. But it's 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through 11. And read this when you get an opportunity. But it says, uh, Moreover, brethren, or brothers, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also you have received, and wherein you stand. So he said, I'm going to declare the gospel to you. So what is he saying here? He says, by which also you are saved. So this gospel will save us. It will save us from our sin. Anyone that thinks they don't have any sins is deceiving themselves. The Bible's quite clear on that, too. It says, if, if you keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless you... You have believed in vain. So we realize that this is something we got to believe in. And this is not just the kind of belief that, that you say, oh, yeah, I, I think that's all right. That looks good to me. The devil does that good. We have to have the kind of faith that leads us to obedience to the Lord Jesus Christ. It's not really our obedience. It's the Lord implanting that obedience in us helping us to will and do of his good pleasure, as has been told it. But he said, I declared unto you first of all that which also I received. So Paul wasn't the first one. He received it, but he didn't receive it from someone necessarily. He received it from the Lord himself. Paul was out there trying to get rid of all the Christians, and he was doing a pretty good job of it until the Lord met him on the the road of Damascus, knocked him off of his horse, and after he, re, he gained his composure, he said, Lord, what do you want me to do? And he turned, made a complete turnaround. But, um, so he received it directly from the Lord. The Lord said, from now on in, you're going to, those people you've been, fighting, you're going to be one of them. And you'll probably end up the same way that you have caused them to end up. And sure enough, he did. Paul ended up being beheaded. And so, you know, being a Christian may not be uh, a very safe place sometimes. And a lot of people know what I'm talking about. If you're in one of these countries where if you're caught reading your Bible or or praying, or anything else, or witnessing about Jesus, that might be your last day. 
or you might end up in prison all your life. So it costs something, and that's part of our trouble today. People don't want to pay the price. They they think it's free, and it is free. But it's free in the sense that, that we can take it or leave it, but it's not free in the sense that we can just kind of sing merrily along, and now that I'm saved, that's beautiful, I can just do anything I want. No, you can't, because we already read that it, it's he that endures to the end that saved. It's the one that keeps on believing, keeps on trusting, keeps on obeying, keeps on doing God's will. And if you don't do that, you turn away from it, you turn back into the pig pen again. And that's not a good place to be. The prodigal son figured that out, and he didn't have all the technology we have today. And you don't need te- much technology to figure out the gospel either. It's, it's about as simple as you can get. So the first thing is that Christ died for our sins. And then the next thing is that he was buried and that he rose again the third day. This is also according to the scriptures. You see, Paul didn't preach another gospel. He preached the gospel of the Lord Jesus, which was backed up in the Old Testament prophecies as well as in the experiences of people who obeyed what God told him to, them to do. And he says uh, that this is not something that was done in the corner. And he goes and tells all the people who uh, witnessed Jesus' resurrection. The most important part of, of the whole thing is that Jesus rose. It was Jesus that was put in that grave. And he was just as human as we are and just as divine as God is. Because he was God in the flesh. And if he hadn't have been that, we would have just saw a martyr being martyred for a cause. But Jesus is more than martyred for a cause. He died of his own free will, and he rose again of his own free will. And now he's interceding for us at the right-hand side of God. He sent his Holy Spirit to bring this gospel to us and to transform our lives, to fill us with his love so that the love of God can be shed out in our heart and goes out from our heart and the rivers of living water that this program is about begins to take place in our lives and our lives are transformed. We become new creatures in Christ. The old life passes away and we become a new person from the inside out We're not sinners anymore. There's no such thing as a sinning saint. If you're sinning, then you're not a saint. And this is a pitiful thing when we think that we have to water down the message of Christ and have to give another gospel when the gospel that is needed today is the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. If we don't have that gospel, we're a big part of the problem and It's a sad thing indeed when people are hungering after God and they have such a hard time finding a church that they can go to where God is at. The problem is that we forsook God and God has forsaken us and it's about time for us to get back to the true and living God and and quit messing around with the things that God never meant for us to mess around with. I can't get it much clearer than that. We need to let go and let God be God in our lives. 
And Jesus has already paid the price for it. But it's a real price for us if we want to hang on to the world with one hand and hang on to God with the other and we're split between the two. It's a miserable life indeed. You got to either get in all the way or out all the way. You got to get into God and His way or get out. And so many uh, things is people are trying to straddle the fence and, and that's a hard thing to do. And the Bible tells us that, that the word is a sharp two-edged sword and to try to straddle a sword is worse than trying to saddle straddle a barbed wire fence and you people out there on the farm know what a barbed wire fence is maybe some of you in the city don't know but us people over here that are a lot of farmers around we know what a barbed wire fence is and you all know what a sword is and you try to straddle that and you're in real serious trouble you'll get cut for sure been a lot of people burned trying to to uh, put out the fires of God and and to uh, set their own fire. And we've, we've ended up with a real mess because of that. But the gospel is simple. It's that Jesus died for our sins, that we might have life and have abundant life, but he didn't stay dead. They put him in a, in a tomb, and they thought that that would be the place for him, uh, but it didn't work that way. You know, the devil tried to kill the Lord at the very beginning. When he was tempted, he said, took him up on this pinnacle of the, of the temple, and he said, just jump down. God will catch you on the way. He's got his angels down there. You see, the devil tried to kill Jesus all along. He thought that if he could kill him, he'd be rid of him. I don't know how he ever came up with that, but it didn't work because he killed him all right, gave him the most miserable death that he could, and yet... Jesus rose victorious, and Jesus is very victorious today. Jesus is not a babe in the manger. Jesus is sitting at the right-hand side of God. He has all power and all authority. We're at our last break here, and this is Howard Eugene Wright hosting Rivers of Living Water on TalkZone.com. This is Rivers of Living Water on TalkZone.com with your host, Howard Wright. I trust that you have stayed with us down to this point because there is a very big need. And if you have that need today, I I want you to uh, repent, turn away from, from the sin of thinking that you can water down the gospel in some way uh, we put the wrong kind of bait and we think that that we've baited the hook and and we've really baited ourselves and sometimes the church is its world's worst enemy and we have been that and we need to admit that and we need to uh, admit that that we have done these things and and we need to get back to the powerful gospel of Christ that can Transform the worst sinner. Did you know that uh, Khrushchev, before he died, 
turned his heart and life over to the Lord. There, there was a incident when he, the Christians were having a, a big uh, celebration, and they were, you know, kind of like a conference. It was a conference. This man walks down the aisle. Everyone recognizes who he was. He was Kushev. And maybe some of you don't know who he was, but he was one of the Russian leaders back there. And not only did he get to the Lord, his wife and daughter also did. But he he came up the aisle, and they were shaking in their boots. And he came up, and he, he said, You don't have to worry about me anymore. I'm one of yours. I'm with you. I've given my heart to God. And it wasn't too long after that that he just kind of disappeared, you know. But he did. And there are many other people that I could tell you about that, that you know, Paul the Apostle, he was out killing everyone in Christian he could, and he got to the Lord. And uh, there's been a lot of, of people that you would never expect would turn to the Lord. I've, I don't know if you listen to Unshackle, but if you listen to Unshackle on the radio, Christian radio station, you hear some of these stories of, of what God has done. And uh, my counseling that I do can help people a lot more than what uh, putting drugs down them and stuff like that and making them worse sometimes and better. And my counseling is quite simple. You first get right with God, then you get right with other people, then you're right with yourself. Now, uh, before I go any farther on this, I want to say one thing, and that is if you're interested in the books that are being advertised that are my books, and uh, the uh, Deceitful Masters is the wrong website now. We've changed the website. It's international hyphen lighthouse hyphen ministries.com that's where you'll find our books that you can get and uh, we'll be correcting that pretty soon and uh, but you know the bible is is uh, the book that we need to get a lot of people wanted to trash it take it out of our schools out of our lives and that kind of thing and what they do, when they trash the Bible, they trash society. And a lot of our societies are trashed. Because we thought that we didn't have time for God, we didn't have time for His Word, that we can do it all right ourselves. If you think you're doing it all right yourself, there's something badly wrong here. Because <laughs> we're not doing it all right. We're on the, we're on the edge of ruin here in America. Because people thought that they could do it better themselves and just disregard God and His Word and all the stuff that's been come into our church, everything from from homosexuality to abortion to to you name it, and we accepted it all. And uh, the people who really know anything at all, they don't want to have anything to do with that, even if they're not Christians. Be that what it is. But you know, the Bible tells us right here in... Romans chapter 2, and this part of the scripture is Romans 2, the first 11 verses, 1 1 to 11. And uh, I won't be having enough time to 
say all this, but it it tells us right here, and this is in verse 4, actually verse 3. And do you think this, O man, that judges them which do such things, and that was all those wicked things, and you do the same, that you shall escape the judgment of God, or despise, do you despise the riches of his goodness and forbearance and long-suffering? If God wasn't that way, we'd have been gone a long time ago. Not knowing that the goodness of God leads you to repentance. It's God's goodness that has given us another chance. And God is knocking on our heart's door. And he wants us to open to him. And he's not out there wanting to destroy us. If he wanted to do that, he'd have done it a long time ago. The time will come that we'll destroy ourselves by walking into the judgment of God. God is a a God of love, and God is love. But there comes a time when if, if we continue in our wicked ways, we face the judgment. If we don't accept the gospel... We end up with the law, and the law says this is the way it is, and and we're out of here, so to speak. So he says that the goodness of God leads us to repentance. said, for after the hardness and impotent heart, after your hardness and impotent heart, treasures up unto yourself, raft against the day of raft, and revelation of the righteous judgment of God, who will render to every man according to his deeds. And so, you know, it's one of two things. Either we get back to the gospel, and we get back to God, and we let God come in and be our Lord and Savior, like our nation, especially America here, and I know other nations as well, unless we get back to the place where we need to be, there is only one thing for us, and that's God's judgment. If we don't accept his love, we end up with his judgment, and that's just as powerful as his love. God's love is very powerful. Like I told you, he can take the worst sinner that there is and make them the best saint that there is. And it has yet to be seen what God can do with one person that's totally given over to him. But I'm getting ready to try to find out just what that is. For I am one of those people that has turned my life completely over to the Lord. I was a good moral person before I was brought into the family of God, but good moral people won't do it either. We need to have more than that. It isn't less than that. It's more than that. That's a good start, but that's not where it ought to be. We ought to acknowledge the sins that we have, and the biggest sin is if we say we don't need God, that we can do it ourselves, then we are crucifying the Lord of flesh. We're saying, just don't talk to me about that. I'll do it my own way. Well, there's a lot of people have gone their own way and 
found out that the end of the path is not it's not a pot of gold. It's a pot of brass. It's even worse than that. And then they become disillusioned and and if they left the Lord out, it's one of two things. Either go to the Lord or self destruct. A lot of people have self destructed for more reasons than not. And one of them is they didn't know any better. They didn't know there was something else. Because the church has failed to tell them properly that there is a God in heaven that loves them, that he doesn't want to bring judgment on them. But if they continue in the course of action of rebelling against God and everything else, there's only one thing left. That isn't God's choice. God didn't do it. We did it ourselves. We walked into the righteous judgment of God ourselves. It wasn't that God wanted it that way. If he wanted it that way, he wouldn't have sent the Lord Jesus Christ to provide the way of salvation for us, to be the bridge between us and him. He wouldn't have done everything he can to help his people to get out there just like I am right now and warn you and try to get you to turn from your darkness and turn to the light of God and to walk in the light and be what God wants you to be 24 hours a day, seven days a week by the grace and power of God, not in your own strength, but in God's strength and the might and the love of God that can go in you and be with you 24 hours a day, seven days a week, all of your life. That's what is the difference. And we don't have to have an entertainment society. We don't have to deny the blood of Christ we don't have to to have our mega churches and leave everything out that is Christian and think that we're advancing the cause of Christ. We're not. It's time for us to let go, let God be his, and to turn away from, from this darkness that our church is in. You know, the Bible tells us that the judgment of God begins at the household of God. Because we're the one that has the most light. We're the one that knows the most. And so it's going to be a more severe judgment to us than someone out there who have never heard the name of Christ. They're not going to be nearly as judged as the church is that's supposed to be proclaiming the, the blood of Jesus Christ that can cleanse from all sin. We're not sinners after we become saints. There's no such thing as a sinning saint. That never will be. I trust that what we've said today will be a help to you and that you'll turn away from the things that are all around you and you'll let God be God in your life. And we're at the end of the program, and but I trust that you'll do some serious thinking about this. And remember, my book is at international-lighthouse.com dash ministries.com or at Amazon. Well, this is Howard Eugene Wright. I'm hosting Rivers of Living Water, signing off for this week. May the Lord bless you. And uh, this is at talkzone.com. <laughs> 